0: TMBC's comic book workshop uh, brought to you by Panel by Panel Magazine and our lovely supporters on Patreon. I'm Jason Hammonds, a writer who also draws. And I'm Ken Heidelman, an artist who also writes. We are both making comics while still learning how to make comics.
1: While sifting through libraries, the internet, and fighting mm, the sun. Cosplayers. Cosplayers. In the sun. The cosplayers on the sun for their precious
0: knowledge on making comics. We thought it might be a good idea to share our notes and hopefully help you make your own comics as well. All right, Jason, we've got an agenda. What's on it today? Today, we're doing a double header of interviews, Kent. Uh oh. This is a skybound double feature. Whoa! Yeah! We have, <laughs> sorry, I get a little excited. Uh, We have Skybound editor-in-chief Sean Makowitz, who is also the writer of the Skybound comic Gasolina, Mm -hmm. joining the show. Uh, We sat down with Sean uh, at San Diego, actually, San Diego Comic-Con. We saw Sean with both of these at San Diego Comic-Con. And these two interviews were just amazing, and we couldn't wait to get them out. And we also uh, have been running short on time lately to be able to uh, record a lot of topics. And our second guest today. Our second guest today after that is Dan Panosian. Uh, he is the artist and writer-creator of Slots. Uh, he goes way back with Image. He was he was with Image in the early days when uh, Rob Liefeld was standing on tables, you know. Uh, Dan is an inker, penciler, colorist, writer extraordinaire. He's worked in video games. He's done character designs. He wrote, he actually, he illustrated and created the comics that were used in the movie Logan. Remember those as props when they were looking at um, I Eden? I thought they were real. Totally thought they were real. They were not. They had to be made up for the movie for some weird rights thing. Dan gets into it in this very interview. Uh, it's a freaking great time. Um, so make sure you uh, you check out both of these interviews with Sean Makowitz and Dan Panosian straight out of Skybound. Uh, but let's uh, kick it off with Sean Makowitz. <laughs> We're here uh, at uh, San Diego Comic-Con 2018, Mm -hmm. beautiful, sunny San Diego, where all the birds are bright and the trees are lovely and uh, the creators are sweaty and the fans are even sweatier. Not that sweaty. (laughs) You know, Sean, you actually look very well composed for being at uh, at Comic-Con Well, it's actually the the
2: first purely sunny day. It's been pretty gray in the mornings and kind of warm up, so today it it feels a little more intense, but uh, it's only fitting for almost the final day. Absolutely. When, When was your first year at San Diego? Six years ago, six years ago, when I started Skybound, I I did not go before. I lived uh, on the East Coast, so oh, that makes sense. sense, Yeah, yeah, I kind of only did conventions through through work. So, and you were you were with DC before you were Skybound? Yeah, I was with DC for five years. Five years, yeah. And did you start on like editorial or? Uh, No, I started in uh, collected editions. Interesting. So Bob Harris was running that division back then, Um, and then I worked in that for a couple years, and then when he got promoted to editor in chief of the mainline right before the New Fifty Two, he had said hey I, w- I want you to to join me so you should apply for an assistant job and uh, i did that did that for yeah we worked on the new 52 and all the the pleasures yeah, and, uh, and hardships sure. that <laughs> caused i have
0: a lot of questions about that
2: <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> that sounds awesome and then a couple years into that i got a, a call from from robert who's looking for a new editor-in-chief uh, yeah after cena grace left and uh yeah i've been here almost six years now
0: did you ever find out like how robert like you know came to to you specifically or yeah you?
2: absolutely um he had they, they were talking a about people at marvel and dc and, mm-hmm. and people in the la area and uh, aubrey citizen who used to work at marvel and yeah. also used to edit the walking dead uh had reached out to a buddy of mine at dc and he was like i don't really want to move to la but i feel like you'd be a good fit and <laughs> yeah. i was like yeah that seems like you just awesome look like a california yeah, I mean, kid and i'm not yeah i, mean, I grew up uh, i grew up in massachusetts so <laughs> really? but uh i think it was just it was around season two of the walking dead <laughs> and i just gotten back into the book um and it just felt, I had gone to New York Comic Con, they, I saw a Skybound booth, with, that was when they put out Witch Doctor and some of their other titles, and I was like, yeah. it just seems like they're kind of publishing the type of books that I'm just interested in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of taking it from there. <laughs> just different genre books, and we're going from working on six superhero titles a month to just sci-fi, horror, some superhero, but just like across the board, it's just uh, so much more Engaging.
0: Yeah, I yeah. bet. Were
2: yeah. you? Did you always kind of see yourself becoming an editor,
0: like when you got started in a career in comics? Or was that kind of a thing that just, you know, when, when Bob proposed that to you, was it just sort of a new
2: thing that you didn't think about before? I had been in publishing before. I used to work for a romance publisher, oh, Harlequin. I so I'd, I'd edited that stuff there. But I always wanted to get into comics yeah. um, one way or the other. So I had, I had applied for a Marvel job and <laughs> didn't get that one. Um and I feel like it ended up working out fine. Absolutely. It's, it seems like it did for sure. <laughs> it does seem for a lot of people I talk to, the jobs you don't get are just as important as the yeah. other ones. So six months later, I end up getting this, uh, the DC job. And Interesting. Yeah. So when you're when you're working on, because obviously for A, such a big publisher, and B,
0: such a a kind of time of change in their lineup, obviously, the new 52 is sort of the most change they've ever gone through. You know. It feels like that. It feels yeah. like it. Yeah. Uh, what was I mean was was there A lot of stress on you guys To like try and get it right Or what was the kind of feeling While you're, you're working on something
2: It It's a like lot of that? secrecy You know and as being An assistant editor You're not in on that Top level stuff yeah. So when I came in I didn't have any titles And my boss was also New to DC It was Pat McCallum Who used to be mm. The editor-in-chief Of Wizard Magazine And kind of helped Start that up And he's he's still at DC uh, In their executive editor role So we were kind of Coming to it with fresh eyes And yeah. that is I think one Hurts you a little bit Because you just mm. like Don't know how the system works But also two You can kind of create new methods. Um, yeah. I think we got a, a reputation for being able to develop titles, and mm-hmm. people would come to us and ask us notes on new number one issues. So I think the main thing, you know, starting up 52 new number ones. That's a lot. Um, and not all the creators knew what our goals were, because yeah. there's so much secrecy about it that, I mean, it's hard to create a number one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So to do 52 at the same time and basically reintroduce characters and make yeah. sure the fundamentals are there, that's, I think mean, that was the toughest thing that we struggled with, because... People that have read, you know, I've been reading comics since, going to, like, comic book stores since, like, 1991-ish. You're so used to the language and vocabulary of stuff that you just take for granted what people's powers are and origins. So setting up that... Emotional hook that gets right readers into who this character is. You just want to go to the big bombastic stuff right off the bat. Uh, the bat, and that wasn't always the case. Yeah. And so we not, had uh-huh. a bunch of Wildstorm characters that were transitioning into the DC that's universe. Right. Yeah, that's well, right. Yeah. So I would worked on yeah, like Stormwatch, Grifter, and uh, Voodoo at one time. Two so of those. You, you were, you were them already there, an yeah. Image boy even when you were at DC. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I mean Wildstorm was is yeah, some of my secret passion. Yeah. So I was excited. I knew the bar to hit, but uh-huh. um. They just never, they don't, those characters don't always quite feel compatible. Yeah. Sometimes not really. Not yeah. Um, but then I was also working on uh, Green Lantern, New Guardians, and Aquaman. So oh, we yeah. had like a oh, good okay. blend of stuff. And then we helped, we did uh, Earth 2, which I thought was like. I loved Earth 2. Yeah. It was cool. I mean, I, I like James yeah. Robinson a lot and Nicholas Scott. And that was something that was just. Uh, you could actually create something new. Exactly. exactly. I, felt like I think there was th- less handcuffs. Eventually, I think it kind of veered into a path where it was a little bit more familiar because yeah. I think our original goal was you know, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman all die in the first issue. Yeah. yeah. So we always just wanted a world without them. Yeah, like, of course. But then they end up bringing in a new Batman and all that, so it feels a little less <laughs> yeah, special. Yeah, you want
0: to you sell some comics and put, yeah. a, put a big old symbol on it or something.
2: But yeah, no. I mean, I, when I left, that was still going, and, and they, they brought Tom Taylor aboard, and he did yeah. an excellent job. So that crazy. was just a cool. Yeah, it felt new. Like there was yeah. never an Earth Two book. Uh, I mean, I think even calling it Earth Two was something that fans would connect to and, and realize was different. So. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I, I was a retailer at the time. Actually, I co-owned a comic shop with some friends, okay. and exactly when the New Fifty Two launched, like six months after we started, we're like, oh wow, this is happening right now. Okay, <laughs> yeah. and New fifty two two it was definitely sorry The earth two was i uh, was one for i was super excited for it cause yeah. it was so much it felt very unique and fresh exactly yeah I yeah, yeah. So that was a that was a great title that i love to push yeah.
0: so in, in in working at dc and, and then obviously transitioning over to skybound were there any lessons that you learned at dc that you felt like informed your your work
2: over at skybound a lot or was it a, just sort of a totally different ball game i think more just process of of schedules mm. and um yeah, more, more organizational things, because yeah. I come in, and, and Cena had his system, and I kind of had a different system, so mm-hmm. it was just like, how do you not interrupt the flow of creators, um, but also just organization is key, you know, yeah. planning out year after year, and month after month, um, and at that time, Skybound was was five people, and that included the um, mm-hmm. David Albert and Robert Kirkman yeah. company, so it was, a, it was a really small company, and now, yeah. six years later, we have... I don't know, 80, 90 yeah. full-time employees. Full-blown oh, entertainment company. That's So, like, <laughs> I've seen this, thing, and I, you know, I came in two years into the company, so... Yeah. Um Awesome. So it's all because Explosive. of you is what you're saying. Exactly. No, please you, do not. As, as soon as they brought <laughs> in Sean, is, Sean this, this headline, over. <laughs> the company just exploded. No, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's definitely been gradual gradual growth on yeah. the comic side. Because uh, being part of Image, was that was super awesome to me, and it was a good time. Saga had had come out a little while before. Yep. Yeah. Um, Ed Brubaker's Fatale had come out before. And mm-hmm. I'd never stopped reading Image in Between, but just you read less of it. Yeah. Because um, like Warren Ellis had a lot of titles back in the early 2000s and Casanova by Matt Fraction. And oh, of course. Uh, Gabriel Ba and Fabio Moon was always a book I loved. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was good. I think there was a lot of excitement around Image and Image mm-hmm. Expos had started that it was good. And I think that now our reputation is a little bit more solidified outside yeah. of what we do with Robert's books. Absolutely. Yeah. That we're having creators come to us that I would never expect that want to yeah. meet us. But it's uh, it's fun. I think that the effort we put into building a platform for our creators mm-hmm. – they tell other creators and then they want to work with us yeah um so yeah i
0: one one thing i think that for casual fans a lot of the times you know or even just like people who are actually big fans but they don't necessarily look into like the nitty-gritty of how everything works and especially yeah. image being such a unique company you know what what i think for for the layman like what is the difference and obviously editorially i think especially like what is yeah. the difference between a skybound book and an image and book and why would a creator come to skybound rather than just
2: going sure. to image i mean a lot of our focus is on um you know, image has the best deal. We're always very course, upfront yeah. about that. But you have to do everything yourself. So for a, a newer creator, which is primarily what we focus on, yeah. well, people kind of starting off their career, they may not be able to fund a book, and we pay uh, DC Marvel competitive rates mm. um, and also have access to full interactive film and TV, yeah. merchandising, conventions. So it's like, it's its something that Robert said, if you know if he was a creator coming into image for the first time and couldn't fund a book what would he want yeah what what did he desire as a new creator we try to give that um it's not something where we force every new book into all these departments but if creators are like hey i want to learn more about video games we you know some of our creators have since gone on to write for some of our video games we all we when we when we find creators we love we want to make sure that they're employed and steady working whether it's just one book but also some side stuff yeah um and that's part of the reason why when I I came up with gasolina I mean, one, I work at Skybound, so <laughs> not to do it was there. It, easy? it was easy to, to do a green light, too. But, sure. you know, knowing how the process... process well, well, that's a no. It was no, not No, was easy. that really? No. Okay, then no. I'm fascinated. Um, it was not. I'm not going to tell that story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but knowing that I could have those conversations and save yeah. probably five years of of trying to meet people that would want to do Gasolina. Uh, and, you know, Absolutely. I've been luckily enough been able to have those conversations with filmmakers that have responded to my book um it's a very relevant uh theme i think to be exploring right now i think so that's and yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> that was and mostly they came out from a thematic angle yeah. um and uh anyways well,
0: tell me tell me about gasolina though and and obviously i think you know part of this interview will be kind of jumping around since you wear so many hats at skybound sure yeah. but you know you as a writer and and with gasolina i think it's sort of you know everyone's first exposure to you as a writer or sure. for a lot yeah. of people is yeah. this your first time writing
2: a comic or had you first had comic experience? yeah I'd, I'd done some uh book doctoring mm. where i would my name is not kind of ghost yeah uh, but uh yeah yeah it's my first comic um i had, it's it's tough working with our creators and not being inspired to of do course. your own story yeah. yeah um and i went to school for for playwriting oh, um cool. so i you know i had a background in it, but i fell into editing and that's a good yeah. way to work with creators and like keep those story muscles active
0: absolutely um
2: and, like, my whole philosophy is just making the best possible version of their book. Yeah. I think for a long time, comic book editors had a bad reputation of putting their their fingerprints on it. And I understand that yeah. when things are corporate-owned. Like, yeah. you know, you don't want to uh, upset the apple cart yeah. there. You don't want Superman breaking someone's neck or something crazy but like yeah, that. <laughs> so, so when I actually... The short version of how it came to be was I had this idea, and I, I started writing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the artist and co-creator, Nico Walter, I'd met him at a convention, had hired him to do Demonic... And I really love his storytelling. I think mean, yeah. it's just, it's really unique. And he's got some, a little bit of Sean Phillips in there, but he's yeah. doing his own thing. And so I asked him what he wanted to do for his next project. And a lot of stuff that he talked about, he was like, I want to do like kind of ancient temples and monsters and like a Western. And I said, well, it's going to be modern day, but a lot yeah. of that stuff dovetails with, with Gasolina, And yeah. he was like, cool. So I paid him, knowing that if I brought it to Skybound, I had talked to Robert about writing before and he wasn't that keen about it. Interesting. Um, I was like, I got to come. Heavy so I had talked yeah. to my other boss and he's like, Hey if that's something you want to do, pitch us something. So I ended up writing three scripts and DA yeah, had read the first one, and was like, Cool, yeah, let's let me see more of it. Wrote three scripts, paid Nico out of my own pocket to draw the wow. first issue. Um and then pitched it. And uh yeah. Robert got back to me pretty quickly, and he was like, "I dig it. Let's let's do it." Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was scary. I'm sure it took a leap of faith. <laughs> yeah, it was really scary because he's got a high bar, and uh, yeah. I've learned a lot about storytelling working with these guys. Yeah. Um, so and yeah, I'm it, sure. Like thinking
0: about that, like pitching pitching something, especially like when it's you know when it's creative work. Obviously, it's kind of raw. Like you're you're sort of exposing yourself a bit, and, sure. and to like your own boss, I'm sure like feels a bit <laughs> a bit like if more it's terrible, loaded, Then know? he's like. <laughs>
2: Did I hire the right person yeah, to exactly. <laughs> edit my comic book yeah. line? He's doubling down. And then also, as you put that book out, all your creators are like, "Oh, does my editor just want to write my stuff?" And I, I have good totally. enough relationships with all my people that I don't think that they would come for that. Yeah. but, like, but it's a worry that you have? What are actually. they? Yeah. What are they? What is this guy thinking? So, yeah. Um, the ones that talk to me about it like it. <laughs> 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 Some of it just I just you know yeah. yeah. It's like Daniel
0: Warren yeah. Johnson though. Every time you bring up Gasoline, he's like, "Yeah, hey, so what?" Anyway, what else is going yeah, on? I don't want to do a variant yeah. huh? oh, uh-huh. on. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I had a question actually yeah. about uh,
1: being both an editor and a writer for Skybound. When you're working on Gasolina, what's it like to juggle
2: those two hats simultaneously? Is it? Do you have? Do you I pictures? mean, I go home. I do all that all the Gasolina stuff from home for mm. the most part. At least the writing end of it. I mean, I'm far yeah. too busy during the day to to write and carve out that space. Of but uh, my uh, associate editor Ariel, she's my editor on my book. Mm. Um, oh, cool. The way that my, I run my editorial group with her and John Moisen, uh, as we discuss every book whether we're a lead editor or not mm-hmm. just to get good feedback we're a small group yeah. so, um, and I, I enjoyed working with her and wanted to have a project that she could kind of cut her teeth on because she'd never yeah. worked yeah. in comics before and it's like wow. really took to I mean she's a huge comic book fan yeah. um, and get a different perspective on it so yeah I do a lot of stuff at home I'm, um, I'm curious,
0: too, when you're looking for new editorial staff, obviously you have a you know small group, but when you found these two, like what, what are the things that you look for in, in an editor that, that kind of tell you that this person might be able to, to be you know an assistant editor and, and an editor someday?
2: Well, with John, I, I had met him before. He used to work at Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we were looking to bring on a, a, a second full-time editor that wasn't just an assistant, mm-hmm. um, he had worked with a couple of my creators, and he also had some different tastes, and I thought could bring in some talent... F- that he had worked with at marvel mm. um and i mean one of the first books he brought in was was redneck oh hell yeah so nice. like it was like a really easy early vote of confidence. Of <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh yeah i think it's important that each of them have different different voices and different likes totally. and ariel's significantly younger than i am <laughs> fresh out of college and she gave a, a different, different perspective PLB, to everything yeah. that we do and absolutely um, just seemed a uh, smart hard worker <laughs> uh it was very. She yeah. was a very easy hire once I had, I, had, I had met her. Of course. So, um, that's and interesting. Now this group has been together for almost three years, and mm. we recently hired uh, Chris Ryle from IDW. Nice. Um, so yeah, things yeah. are things are expanding, <laughs> always yeah, growing. It sounds like
0: that's awesome, that's crazy. Yeah. So with your with your writing process, um, you know, obviously you had an education in playwriting, you had written novels and stuff before. Um, in in writing your first comic book script, I mean, had you? had you picked up, like, tips or advice or, like, learned from other people on that? Or was it
2: kind of a thing that you just sort of... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm... Like, you guys are big on process. Like, I yeah. love learning. Like, there used to be these uh, writers on comic script writing books. And they just have these long interviews oh, with Grant Morrison and Warren Ellis and everyone. the best. Um, and looking at those scripts and having read so many different types of scripts yeah, from, you know, the past 10... <laughs> the past wow. 10 years. Uh, <laughs> the fireworks going off. Comic-Con's going nuts. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, every there's comics script writing is kind of a bastard form it's kind of however you want to do it Um, I do full script but you know when I work with uh, writer artists like Dan Pinochet and Mm -hmm. Danny Warren Johnson he'll just do a plot and then he'll he'll draw his pages and then he'll go and script it whereas Dan does he doesn't do panel breakdowns he'll do page breakdowns with dialogue Um, so it's whatever they feel comfortable with working off of interesting but my stuff is pretty uh, pretty crystal clear (laughs) yeah Um, just I don't try to overwrite but of course yeah also the longer you work with an artist you can write less
0: yeah so do, do you have any like um restrictive rules i know a lot of writers they're like i i won't put more than
2: this many word balloons on a page or this many panels or whatever I think it's more instinctual it's at kind of this point you know when you're overwriting yeah. um and then if you're looking for more room for for dialogue you'll just say hey can you leave some extra space yeah don't do a background i'm just gonna fill up this <laughs> side and sometimes they listen sometimes they don't yeah of course um but yeah. Did you, go ahead. uh, Do you find uh, when you're editing, it sounded like
1: uh, Dan does more of like a Marvel style to himself. And then do you have a, a
2: one that you have a little more difficulty with or what's it like bouncing between the two styles? Cause most of the stuff is we do is is full script. I think that's how most people do it. I heard Mm -hmm. DC is trying to go a little bit more plot, uh, plot based, but uh, I think mostly working with artists that also write was a little bit more difficult, but uh, I've now worked with those guys for a couple of years and it's mm-hmm. it's more I think them being first time writers though Dan Warren Johnson wasn't because he had done Space Mullet yeah. Um, yeah. and when I when he sent me the first six pages of Extremity or what would be Extremity like his voice was super clear like I knew yeah. he was a writer right then <laughs> and there he's kind of a unicorn he is I mean he's a really pleasant nice guy totally <laughs> too yeah', <laughs> yeah. Exactly. hasn't always been my experience uh, uh, yeah. outside but um, yeah I don't know I think all of our books are so different the worlds are so different that mm-hmm. we ad- approach each one into like completely differently absolutely what, what inspires you to write obviously it, it kind of seems
0: like with with Gasolina and uh, you know you can correct me if I'm wrong it seems like the story kind of came a
2: little bit from seeing news headlines and stuff like that you know or, or at least inspired by that yeah I guess stuff, I've been but... fascinated with kind of what's happened in Mexico with the, yeah. the, the narco drug wars I think one probably from a kind of sensationalistic thing but then also you digging deeper into it and realizing yeah. like culturally how this affects us and how we interact with that um, when I've written about this, my, my wife is, is Spanish, mm. um, or her family comes from Spain. So yeah. kind of like, and then I have friends that grew up in South America and there's like this like gentle ribbing of like, your, yeah. your people destroyed my people oh, or course. like, you know, yeah. overrode our culture. And I think that I kind of want to dig down into that while also looking at, a uh, newlyweds in this really tense situation. Yeah. Um, one from America, one from Mexico. I don't know. And also just pure genre storytelling, monsters popping out of people's bodies oh, yeah. and gun battles and uh, <laughs> love it. Russian submarines. Like so Yeah, so it's some it's some real comics type stuff. You know, yeah, it stuff is, for sure. Can only for start sure. Here. Um I think also that time I've been reading a lot of like Hellboy and B P R D Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah, that was fun. Are you are you planning
0: on writing other things other than
2: Gasolina in the near future or is that I mean right now I'm focused on gasolina. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't do so much. Of course, absolutely. Um, but yeah, guy. I'm always trying to look for, for another idea. I'm working on something, but uh you know, right now I'm focused yeah. on gasolina. We're writing the I'm writing the third arc right now. Awesome. Um, yeah, we're a little bit ahead. And so. are you are you planning on gasolina just being sort of an indefinite ongoing as long as it's selling? I mean the first major story ends uh either seventeen or eighteen. We're still mm-hmm. trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens happens then. Yeah. Um that makes sense. Yeah. That's awesome. That's Very exciting. Exciting.
0: in in your role as editor when you're looking for new talent whether it be you know artists or writers and whichever you tend to to lean toward more in in kind of um, seeking out people what are the things that that indicate to you that somebody might be ready for for, you know a book with you guys or or something like that
2: I mean we've all read so many comic books if someone genuinely excites me I feel like that's just like the the first barrier of entry Mm. Uh, Robert has a you know looks at everything we do especially on the art side and has to sign off on all the artists Mm. um and he's seen a lot, too. Of course. He likes to work yeah. with really talented artists. So um, it's just sort of... I think it needs to impress all of us. Mm. So it tends to be... We skew a little bit more now to people that have, have done books before. It's yep. very rare that we work with someone whose first book it was. But Nico Walter was, was fresh to us. Um, but then we also work with Brett Blevins, who's worked mm. for 30 years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just that sense of excitement. Uh, I've worked on plenty of books at, at DC where you just have to get books out to the deadline. Yeah, And we... You guys work very far ahead. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we develop books and make sure, you know, everything is on schedule. But if a guy needs or a woman needs five or six weeks, like, let's just do it. Let's get it right. These things are going to be on the shelves for a long time. Exactly. so let's be as patient as we can be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As a retailer, I always appreciated that because I'm like, yeah, it's
2: it's great to sell that single issue this month and the next month, but I'm more concerned with that trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, and we also want to make sure that, yeah, we have that second arc ready to go. and Because, yeah. you know, we, we've had books and I've seen this happen with, with Image Books and other books where those delays will really tank whatever sales. Oh, yeah. that you're, it's, it's so hard to get sales that if you're screwing up and destroying yeah. your own readership, then... And you rethink what you're doing. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, there are very few books like Watchmen that can just like have a year delay on an issue and still do fine. Very few it books like Watchmen does not
0: just have point blank. Yeah, period. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, But yeah, I mean, it used to be we would do three issues, mm-hmm. and now just with how many books we have in development and making sure we're not over publishing, mm-hmm. it ends up being closer to five or six an entire first arc. And Robert even even further. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: What was in Gasolina being your first book that you you know or, or comic book that you had written and and had out there in the world? What were some of the biggest lessons for you in that and things that you learned from that experience, if any?
2: I think as an editor it was like how sensitive uh, mm-hmm. you know as an editor you can be a little bit colder about those are the numbers yeah um, but at, when you're actually knowing that's your work being perceived by yeah. retailers and how commercially viable this was um, and I was actually at the time I was disappointed in my sales but the past year it's been tough to kind of get for a lot of books to launch whether it's an Image or outside mm. of this or in retrospect I'm super happy <laughs> um, but at the time you know I think you, you overanalyze yeah, you always every number just the blockbuster yeah. yeah yeah no that makes sense <laughs> well it's actually funny you say that because I, I, was, I was talking with Robert when the initials came in and uh, he said what you uh you're have a blockbuster the first time. <laughs> and I was like that's a really good point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like you it's old walking dead tech jacket like and I was like yeah but that was 15 like yeah. well, was 13 years ago. Different I'm like I would industries. hope that we would be able to move the industry forward where I could launch better than walking dead <laughs> did. Um, In in speaking of
0: moving the industry forward, actually, what do you think right now in in the kind of landscape of comics, obviously there's always people sort of spelling like doom and gloom for the industry and talking about how it's dying or whatever. And it never seems to be the case. Um, That being said, I think there's always obviously things that, that creators and, and, you know, even fans and whoever can do to sort of try and move the medium forward. What do you think right now is the thing that's, moving comics the forward forward the most or what is going to be in the
2: next few years or what does it need I don't know if I knew it's that, that I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it on this podcast <laughs> so. um, I mean I, we always just try to focus on telling the most interesting uh, fundamentally strong course. stories so making sure a new reader can pick them up and understand mm-hmm. them and they're they're probably a little familiar, yeah. Uh, like birthright, I feel like that feels a little familiar, but there's enough there that it's like, oh, this is just a completely new angle. So it's more like how we approach that familiar story yeah. and find a new angle on it. I mean, that's um, what made Walking Dead so successful, I think, or part of it at least. I I obviously, so. there's a lot of yeah. factors, but it was, you know, it was a Romero movie, but it had this, Keep going. this, and this. Yeah, and that's know, I, I going think and, we use since we don't have a shared universe, it's more of a, a shared uh, style of storytelling throughout all of our books. Totally but I don't, I don't know what's going you know, all I can do is try to work with the most talented people I can and tell original stories. I think a lot of our focus right now is we have a lot of books aimed at an older crowd, whether it's Mm -hmm. even like T plus or mature readers books. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have Super Dinosaur, but we don't have a lot of transitionary things. So, you know, from a purely capitalistic way of looking at it, like, I want that ladder yeah. to be set up so people... I don't want eight-year-olds just jump into Walking Dead, which course. does happen. Is that what led yeah. to Outpost Zero? Yeah. I mean, that was exactly where I was going. Thank oh, you. you go. um, Sean McKeever is a writer that I liked a lot when I was uh, in high school and, and college. and yeah. The Waiting Place was just, like, a book that was super different for Absolutely. me. Um, just a high school drama. Yeah. and he had been out of comics for a little bit doing working in video games and he was just early on was one of those guys I was like I always want to see more work from him yeah and so I'll do I'll Post Zero which is about the smallest town in the universe yeah um, and these high school kids growing up on a planet not meant to support humanity yeah it was just like oh that feels like a skybound book but also uh, is broad enough to appeal to a new readership absolutely it's a solid book man good yeah it's I, I good hope and, and uh, the artist Alexander uh, Tempenke <sighs> he i mean i couldn't believe that i hadn't heard of him before like i saw his work and i'm like who is this guy we were looking him up and we're like
0: where is he
1: from (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's from
2: belgium yeah Uh, he now lives in vietnam (laughs) but uh yeah that one came about because again when you work with creators and they spread the good word yeah uh, and i actually never worked with cliff chang so cliff chang met him at new york comic-con and cliff knows one of the writers we work with brett lewis and i had Mm. heard a lot of good stuff and he had heard me on a podcast and was like hey this guy doesn't really want to do superhero stuff. I don't think his stuff is right for superheroes. Yeah. But he's super talented. And you know, you click that link and immediately go like, Yeah, Absolutely. let me just figure out what the right book is. Yeah. And, um and he's been fantastic, you know. He's he was working over in uh France for a bunch of years and this is his first American work. I think he might have done like a little bit uh filling stuff for, for DC. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. No, he gets it. He gets it yeah. immediately. <laughs> <laughs> um and I think with a book like that. Uh, selling the emotion mm-hmm. of the characters and the acting um, was super important, and yeah. he nailed it. So hell yeah, um, sorry for more. Yeah, we're uh, so
0: obviously we're we're on our last few minutes here. Um, one one thing I want to know, and it's a kind of a thing that we preach on this show, is that for any since our show is is often you know geared toward aspiring creators or, or young creators, um, we kind of preach oftentimes that the best way to get into comics is to make your own comics. Sure. You know, it's to, to produce that. Do you? Tend to agree with that or? or yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, it would be bit. stupid not to agree with that. <laughs> that I, it, it seems like these days, you know, like, n- kind of that nobody really wants to look at your, like, portfolio or your script or whatever, you know, and I mean, of course, like, it's, because it's not a comic, it's not a finished product. Well, project. the project. script,
2: yeah, I mean, portfolios you like to look at, I think you mm-hmm. see less, like, I come to cons and I was expected just to get not bombarded, and mm-hmm. we do portfolio reviews, but people stuff, as long as you have a website set up or a clear place that we can yeah. find you when you have samples, I, mm-hmm. I think there's So many different niches out there of like people. I don't. I, I'm never sure if people want to do mainstream comics, and we do very commercial mainstream comics. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of talented web comics creators that are making good money yeah. that don't don't need to do this and don't. That's not the tradition they come from. Yeah. But uh, I think more now than ever, editors are going online and just kind of. I used to go down these rabbit holes of like two hours. You click and then see who they're <laughs> following, and just kind of. Yeah. <laughs> next thing you know, you got fifty tabs open, and <laughs> then you like bookmark, and then if they're not ready. You check back in in three to six months, see what new stuff they out there. But yeah. I think if you want to work in uh, quote unquote mainstream comics, yeah. make sure you have uh, interior pages mm-hmm. that shows off your storytelling, and also you know covers. Yeah. And it's it's tough. You can look at a lot of people's styles and go, "Oh, you got a great style," but I don't mm-hmm. see any interiors for me to judge whether this is what you want to do of course um so yeah that's more something that john and ariel i've tasked them with with doing interesting um if there's uh like let's say a creator like in you know south america or vietnam or something like that you know someone out
0: there in the world obviously they won't have as as much access to like conventions and things like that to try to do portfolio
2: reviews what's the best way for them to sort of get their stuff in front of mean, people 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 tweet at me but i'm kind of less engaged by social media <laughs> yeah. I just it's just I haven't found it a, a good outlet for me to find new talent anyways or um, but I don't know people, people will try to figure out my email and they'll yeah. send me stuff like I do read <laughs> everything that comes my way especially by artists of course um, but hitting people up on Skybound and, and sending links I mean we work yeah. with creators in Brazil and like I said Vietnam and yeah. Spain and Croatia and England like it's that's just the industry now people mm-hmm. work all over the place so uh wherever you live is not it shouldn't be a barrier of for uh for success um and then obviously we're
0: as we're wrapping up uh for everyone to follow you personally your work whatever that mysterious new thing
2: is you're writing uh where are you uh on on social media i mean i am sometimes on twitter you'll surface instagram usually around conventions yeah um but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, latest Skybound news on skybound.com. Yeah. We just announced a new series, uh, Murder Falcon with Daniel Hell Warren yeah. Johnson. Oh, that's we talked like about that on our show. So much fun. It's so good. It's, yeah. it's like he's just a pure soul. <laughs> yeah. So great. No one else could do that book. And it's no. uh, someone was like, if, if someone else had, had launched that book, I wouldn't buy it. Yeah. It be pretty dopey. But um, there's a really strong emotional story there. Mm-hmm. And beyond kind of... The craziness of having a, oh, yeah. a, a falcon and, and heavy heavy metal.
0: <laughs> I was telling Daniel that the, the last panel of that first issue is like really, I think, what sells it. That's what like kind of I think informs like there's good. a real
2: emotional right. core here like that. I don't know, it hooked me. Yeah, and there's there's definitely um, I've heard people describe it. and I was like, oh, that's not what the book is about. But <laughs> that's good that there's some misdirection. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we're working on editing a lot of books. Uh, we'll be announcing another new series uh, next month. Oh. Uh, yeah. um, from some powerhouse image creators really? Ooh. Uh, that are working with Skybound for the first time. That's but, exciting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Die, die, die. Right we didn't talk about die, yeah. die. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, my God. oh, we didn't. <laughs> hey, <Yeah>. hey, <laughs> we can, yeah, if it's you a have any questions. Issue. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, how, do you, how do you sneak a comic up on people yeah. like that?
2: That's really. <laughs> <laughs> with a lot of planning. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, I don't know. We're really good at, at I think, keeping our secrets. Um, yeah. And even though Chris Burnham has been at. Our guest at San Diego for a couple of years. Like, <laughs> our creators know, like, we don't break that yeah. code of silence, but yeah, we had a lot of careful planning with image and diamond, and it's something. It's an idea that Robert tossed around for for a while now, mm-hmm. and then we realized that Die 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 was the right book, were especially th- in the wake of Oblivion Song.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Were the retailers aware of what the book was when they were ordering months no. in advance? No, I mean, I we so
2: what we did was we matched orders of Oblivion Song, and we sent them the first issue for free oh wow yeah uh, so we just, just paid for it, it. Yeah. yeah and then overprinted so they would pay for reorders that's amazing um and reorders were available as soon as they got their books yeah how are so, the reorders going great yeah i mean awesome. listen we re- overprinted a bunch so yeah still order some but uh <laughs> yeah no um and then yeah sorry I, j- just to, to uh don't want to take too much of your time no but, it's fine I, I think we just want to introduce an element of surprise and yeah uh, that it came out the same day as Action Comics one and, and Amazing Spider Man number one was purely coincidental, like wow. it's not pl- not planned. But I think shows the difference of our approach compared to uh, the larger companies. Totally. Well, as yeah. a reader, I really appreciated. I hate spoilers more than anything, in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and so being able to go, no one knows anything. I can just pick this <laughs> up and read it. Well, that's it was that great. was the tough thing about. I think a lot of our books and what I faced with Gasolina was like, did I? Because we don't introduce a monster element to the very end of the first issue. Totally. And you're like. Would that have sold more books if people knew this was about monsters? Like, people seem to like the surprise, yeah. but would more people have known about it? That's so, we're hard. always. That's tough. We went through the same thing with Birthright number one of like, do we give away this twist at the end of the first yeah. issue or the first arc? So, uh, kind of just have to <laughs> play it by ear. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just go with your gut. <laughs> Hell yeah. So. Um, and then uh, the first
0: trade of gasolina is available in stores yes, now. Thank you right? for that plug. Yeah. yeah. Bet, we'll yeah, have no the problem. second Absolutely. trade out this fall.
2: Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Right on. Uh, the last question we ask on the show every single week is why do you love comics? Why do I love comics? Uh, there's no other medium that you can create like this. The, uh, the immediacy, the collaboration, um, I think is the reason why Robert's preferred medium is comics. I mean, we, we do it. I don't say we do it for the love because I get a paycheck as well. <laughs> but uh, Love helps. Yeah, I don't know. You come <laughs> to these conventions and you talk with people over email so much and the yep. phone. And then when you actually hang out with them. Uh, have dinner and have lunch and catch up. And yeah. it's that sense of community it's and wonderful. the people that end up a- attracting around you, or the, you know, I think how you present yourself. and I think we have a good reputation and we work with some of the finest creators in comics. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I love it.
0: Hell yeah, man. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining Thank the so show. Much, Thank it's, you. This is wonderful. Thank you. Thanks to Sean Mackwitz for joining the show. We really appreciate you sitting down with us and hope you uh, join us again someday. Uh, Kent, it's time for some ads. And so first I'm going to ask you about a magazine. Have you heard of Panel by Panel? Yeah, I've actually heard of it. Oh, weird. It's weird that you would have heard of Panel by Panel. For anyone who hasn't heard of it or for anyone who hasn't freaking bought it yet, make sure you go to PanelXPanel.com and pick it up. You've got writers, artists, colorists, editors, letters. You've got everybody involved in the comic book process talking about what they freaking do. So get on into it. Get into it. There's essays about comics and why people love them. There's, there's people really like looking into what makes a comic book an issue, a, a story arc beautiful. They're, they're pouring out their love That's for passionate. this medium onto this digital page for panel by panel. It's wonderfully designed by Hassan Otsman Elihau, who is also the editor in chief. Uh, it is just the most amazing magazine I've ever read on comics. I I could not recommend it highly enough. Make sure you go to panelxpanel.com and check it out. Eisner nominated. Eisner nominated. Don't freaking forget it. Ken, you've got a comic to tell me about. I created a comic. I did it. You did it.
1: I wrote it. I drew it. Woo! You colored it. I colored it. I lettered it. You lettered it as well, yeah. I did all the things. You designed it. I designed it. And it's called Scariest and Screamforth. It's uh, all ages, young adult. Uh, If you're a kid. You should read that comic. You should. If you're an adult, you should definitely read that comic. Definitely, uh, It's a free comic that you can read online at com. It's about three kid monsters in a monster mm-hmm. town trying to solve a mystery. It's spooky cute. It's fun. It's got some twists and turns all over the place. And, yeah, it's just a... It's a hoot of a time.
0: And if you know a kid who likes some spooky stories, just grab that link and share it on over to him. It's it's available online. So what are you going to do? You don't have to mail anything. Just shoot him a an Instagram DM or a Facebook message or a Snapchat quirky thing or a or a, a music alley. Or you could uh, handwrite it on a piece of paper and snail mail it. There you go. Boom. Done. So write that link down on a piece of paper and they'll <laughs> they'll find it. Uh, I wonder if that's a feature on like a Google camera that you can take a picture of a link and it'll do it. Anyway. Uh, and the next thing we want to talk about is the Savage Land podcast. It's me and a couple of my friends hanging out Um. talking about comics. That was a burp. Um, you can go to SavageLandPodcast.com to hear more. We're just talking about everything we love. We're your best friends hanging out with you.
1: If you already enjoyed listening to Jason talk about comics on this podcast,
0: (laughs) here's a great way to hear him talk about podcasts and that comic. Oh yeah. If you can't (laughs) get enough of this sultry voice, uh, absolutely. Hey Kent, uh, tell us about the Patreon. So,
1: uh, comic book workshop is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, and if you want to help support this podcast, you can go over to Patreon dot com forward slash TmBC Workshop. Boom.
0: And Kent, there's, there's some tiers on there. You can go. There's about. a lot of tiers. Go research. There's some it, benefits. If you're three dollars or more, we'll shou- shout out your name at the end of the show, and you'll hear uh, a name shouted out at the end of this episode. Uh, let's get on into our interview with Dan Panosian artist extraordinaire creator extraordinaire colorist extraordinaire Send the episode on that extraordinaire way. There let's you go. go Dan let's let's hear from you at San Diego Comic Con for Comic Book Workshop. Uh, today, at this this juncture, we are sitting down with Dan Panosian, the legendary creator of Slots, uh, who has worked all over the industry of comics. Uh, and I think he's worked with Image in just about every capacity one can work with Image, it feels at, like. At this point, thanks to Slots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, tried, I tried to do everything, even the lettering. Seriously? Yeah, and Sean was like, enough is enough.
3: <laughs> gotta put the foot yeah. down somewhere. Yeah. And we had Pat Brousseau doing that.
0: Let's. You know what? I, that, that's actually, I think, a good, a good place to start is your entire career, you started, Started, at least I think you started as an inker. Is that is that in, correct? In comic books, yeah. When I
3: was in high school, I was really into and still mm-hmm. am, like Dungeons and Dragons yeah. and all the role playing games. So I started working for smaller role playing game companies mm. like Steve Jackson Games, doing derps yeah, nice. and uh, Traveller uh, and a whole bu- I mean, almost all of them except for TSR. Okay, which was Game Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, a big one. Yeah. And
0: so starting as an inker, at what? Point did you, or did you always think you know like I that you wanted to, to well, transition I was, into being an illustrator? Yeah, I
3: always wanted to pencil, but um, you know, I thought maybe inking. Mm. I, I had this misconception that like if I was inking, I would absorb. The, uh, <laughs> the, the penciling, yeah, yeah. It, doesn't, it
0: doesn't work that way sadly, <laughs> <laughs> isn't Because yeah, yeah, your your uh, illustration style, it's it's not like it's very Rob Liefeld like or anything like no, that. No, and I went from like as a kid, I really
3: liked um, well all things like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So I was really into Savage Sword of Conan and was mm. John Buscema, and, yeah, um, the black and white Marvel magazines and creepy and eerie. But I, yeah, it, that the ads in those magazines for X Men got me into that. And then, I'm sure. So later, um, I guess I was just starting to work at Marvel in at 91. Okay. And I was 21 years old and that's when Jim Lee and Scott Williams and Will Spatachio were really yeah. taking off. So I instantly gravitated towards that. I loved Terry Austin and it was kind of like a hybrid yeah. of Klaus Jansen and Terry Austin. So That's interesting. That's so cool.
0: So yeah. when when you decided to to, you know, illustrate your first book or I, I don't know if it was a decision more or a recruitment or whatever, but when you illustrated your first book, um, how did you find that transition from from inking to to penciling? Was there were there sort of lessons that you kind of uh, had to learn? It was just brutal, really it was a brutal, horrible <laughs> it's process. Interesting. How so? Because I
3: was just a little bit uh, you know misguided in the sense that I yeah. thought it would be a little easier. You know, even if, I would do because um, I could pencil a little mm. bit, uh, not too well, but I, I I was good enough that I could take breakdowns mm-hmm. and turn it, which they don't do too much. You yeah. have breakdowns and then you turn them into finished art. Yeah. And, but a blank panel versus something that where something is roughed out in is a whole different world, yeah, but I had convinced myself that wow, wow i don 't even need this other person. <laughs> I could do this myself, yeah, so the first time it actually happened, you know is a little like, you know you freeze up like yeah. stage fright absolutely so it took, it took a while, and Marvel editors would tend to and in, in d c would mm. go they 'll just throw them like a cover or a pin up or a small backup story, yeah and I, so Rob Lightfeld was the first one who who got me over there he was they were so competitive in the early <laughs> days of image that mark <laughs> silvestri wanted me to ink Cyberforce because scott williams could not yeah. ink everything yeah you know, okay. he had his hands full between jim and wills of course and so i did ink a cyber force but rob was like we need to get him over here what do you want dan what do you want to do and i'm like i want to i want to draw because you're you're going to be on profit i yeah. don't know if you guys ever met him he's, he's oh yeah of, he's the enthusiasm he level he is, is insane. hyper yeah. yeah yeah he's passionate yeah super passionate yes yeah, Exactly." So, so, yeah, he he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Of course. Because that's the way they, they operated back then. So
0: you're saying that you were kind of the reason that Mark Silvestri and Rob Liefeld ended up having their big blow-up? And, and No, uh, I'm sure they so—I I, I sincerely doubt that. There's yeah. so
3: much going on. I don't know how—I mean, they're like with Todd, He Rob, Rob really looked up to Todd as yeah. kind of a role model. And, and Todd was kind of a maverick in the sense of how he ran his—even his ran his business. Totally. I mean, real smart guy. And, he was—yeah. But Rob is— just ambitious and driven mm-hmm.
0: so what were, what were those early days like with, uh, with Image especially obviously with how competitive it, was it got it was crazy I mean I was, I was really
3: really young yeah. but I had been in I couldn't say I was a veteran but I when I got into the business I, I never turned a job down so yeah. I would ink up to four books a month just i don't even know how looking back i'm like how on earth yeah and i went out a lot too it's not like i was just (laughs) staying home yeah i I, but i worked like crazy and uh so i had a lot of books under my belt and um you know these conventions you know how they are it's like every convention is like a high school reunion you get to know everybody in the business so i felt even at by the time i made it to image which was like 24 25 years old i was like yeah I felt like a seasoned pro. Yeah, how little did I know! But absolutely, but it was fun, and there was so much. Uh, that was the like the apex of comics, and there was so much money yeah. and hype, and you it's know, huge. you know these lines you see for the actors here at like Comic Con. Yeah. Li- they had lines like that at comic book stores. Yeah. like we did tours, and it was <laughs> nuts. Yeah, I mean. Y- y-
0: it was crazy. It, I, was, it was, but in a very, very fun, good way. Absolutely. I, I interviewed yeah. uh, Matt Hawkins a little while ago, and he was talking oh, about. Oh, how was that? It was just great. Yeah. You know, he's he's a funny guy, and he, he he's talking about like when his his first job came from Rob Liefeld yeah. in line. In line, yeah. He had like waited in a line at a signing. Yeah, I love that story. He ended ended up something up some
3: kind of thing like because I want a job, and Rob's like, "What do you do?" And he goes, "I do this." You're hired. Yeah, exactly. Like he's like, and "Yeah, I'm good
0: with numbers." Jump I over think the counter. Matt
3: Hawkins like then read a book on whatever.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, like how, how to shady. release like, a, a PR. Yeah, it was like Keanu
3: review. Reeves and Matrix. He
0: downloaded <laughs> marketing or something. I don't know. Like I, I, I enjoy uh, his stories for sure. And I mean, even yeah. just like any stories from the early days of the image, because it was such a. Unique are you talking time. about Matt,
3: Matt Hawkins' Facebook posts?
0: <laughs> Th- those are they're interesting but too. If yeah. anyone, uh, you know, that's that's the whole reason to be on Facebook.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if he for just sure. share a little bit more of his personal feelings, if he's just a little more <laughs> forthcoming.
0: I, mean, you I know fo- he's such a mystery. Do follow, that do you guy. You follow him on uh, Facebook. I have read. Uh, he's a, a real few
1: mystery. Uh, he shared a few with me, and they're they're great, Pretty good. Yeah. Great. He, yeah.
3: Um, he'll, he'll he doesn't let hold all back. Out. No, no. no. Back. Um, I didn't know him too too well back in those days because yeah. uh, he was I think he was marketing or PR. He yeah. was doing press releases. So. Yeah.
0: He didn't start but, writing for a while. But
3: yeah, and then he started working with Silvestri, and yeah. they've been working together a long
0: long time. So, Interesting guy. Tell, tell me about the, the, when was the first time that you started writing, that you wanted to start writing? I wrote some stuff at Extreme. Interesting. Here okay. and there. And mm-hmm.
3: then after Extreme, I think I might have done one or two things for Marvel. Mm-hmm. And I just got out of comic books yeah. for a while. I was doing video game artwork and doing uh, just commercial artwork. Yeah. So I occasionally I would get corporate comics, like mm-hmm. whatever, like, you know, Refrigerator Man. Of course. And they. I'd write,
0: I'd write like that 10 page comic book for them yeah but nothing uh, so when yeah. when did Slots come about then obviously you'd, I, you'd written before and, and I was
3: I came up with the idea maybe about 10 years ago or uh-huh. maybe even longer wow and it was just kind of just bumping Jesse around and. and I pitched a bunch of stuff to um, Sean uh-huh. and they ended up liking that the best interesting which is great because I always kind of wanted to, I like the idea of old Vegas meets yeah. new Vegas absolutely because there's so much change that happened in that town and and the strip is New Vegas, yeah. and downtown is ha, still has that kind of Rat Pack feel to it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's these, these two worlds colliding. Feels like it interests me.
0: Yeah, I, I like the way that you kind of you you take all that you know sort of like uh, that that story of New Vegas versus Old Vegas, and you kind of sum it up in 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 your characters, right? Yeah. Like you have your main character that sort of yeah. represents kind of this. Yeah, and he was actually world. you know kicked out of Vegas in a
3: sense. Yeah. by the. Uh, evil, less royal. <laughs> and his son is, you know, kind of the new yeah. Vegas a little bit, or that Mercy Mercy is of more course. so. What,
0: what's your what's your writing process on that, obviously? Like, you know, and I don't know, like, do, do you tend to think of things as an artist first, or do you just kind of, like, script it out uh, uh if,
3: First, I, I try to go, like, Marvel style, mm-hmm. where they would do a plot yeah. first, and then I have an idea for some of the dialogue, but mm-hmm. um, mostly I'll script it kind of while I'm drawing it.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, Had you tried
1: uh, writing it for yourself, like, how most writers do it where it's like, like page a screenplay yeah a screenplay some of it
3: some of it's done that way did you find it yeah.
1: just it wasn't working for you
3: no I mean if there's some beat work for like um, conversations certainly mm. that has to be done that way because otherwise you're never gonna know how many panels or the expressions yeah. in the panels
0: um, What's uh, what led to this decision to sort of do everything yourself? I mean, I, I don't know if you would like. Had you colored your own work? Yeah, before? I was coloring
3: all my covers and short stories. Yeah. But I, I guess it was like too many John Byrne comics <laughs> and Frank Miller comics and Will yeah. Simonson. with those guys would just do everything. Yeah, you know Klaus Janssen, After Frank Miller left Daredevil, mm-hmm. I think he did, he may have done the lettering too, but I know he did yeah. the color as well. Yeah. So. It's something
0: I was always kind of
3: curious about. If John Byrne wasn't colorblind, he would probably be coloring all his <laughs> his own work. It, are um, you?
0: Do you use sort of like the the? At least it seems now the typical process to coloring comics of sort of like Photoshop and, and all that stuff.
3: Yeah, there's a program called ArtRage. Rage. Okay, it's, a, it's like a cheap, um, cheapo, no frills version of Corel Painter. Interesting. So you can kind of it. It almost feels like you're painting because there's so few. They have you can do, use layers, but I just yeah. try to treat it like it's paint. Yeah. Um, did you
0: study like color theory or anything like I that? Was, or a,
3: I was lucky enough. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Bill Ray. He did mm-hmm. um, Ren Stimpy, but he also oh. he's also worked on so many comic books. Like he even I think he even inked Jack Kirby at one point. Wow. And now he's uh he still works in animation, but mm-hmm. he has a, he's a fine artist and he'll do like plein air painting. He yeah. comes to Laguna awesome. Beach all the time.
1: Oh, that's wow. awesome.
3: And and paints down there. That's and awesome. And he's amazing. And he just kind of. Ever since I was a kid, he's been critiquing my work.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. kind of a
3: brutal critic, but it helps. He sometimes. Yeah, you do. You need it. He's, and it's, he's very helpful. And I, yeah. I really didn't understand color value or tones
2: or, yeah.
3: or anything, and he just hammered it in. That's amazing.
1: Was well, some, it, of it's sticking, some of sticking. Some that's leaking out. <laughs> what was the, the learning curve like when you went suddenly from doing that book to you doing everything almost?
3: Uh, it was so enjoyable. It didn't feel... Um, I, there wasn't part. a lot of stress about it yeah. because there was nothing Great. that predated, you know, that those characters didn't exist beforehand. Mm. Whereas, like, if you're drawing a, you know, any, like, Batman, to me, is a little yeah. intimidating because there's it's so much good Batman artwork out there totally. that this is what you're going to be compared to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in this sense, it was real, real easy. I mean, <laughs> I had, I had, I've never had so much fun working in comics yeah. as I did on that series.
0: And I'll, I'll say, I mean, like it's it's crazy because I it's like every every once in a while, like when we were preparing for this, I was like thinking back and I was like, I was like, man, those the, like the color in slots was so good. And I and I asked, and I was like, do you know who colored that? Like I, I can't remember who. And oh, it that's was like cool. it was one of those things where I was like, I was like, yeah, oh, thanks. it's got to be like Jordy Belair or yeah. like you know Matt Wilson or one of these people. I like, I was, like yeah, we oh, we shit, had to look it we up. We did bro. everything. Oh. Uh, but that, it was super cool. And it, like I, I, it's the the palettes are so distinct. I think in slots, I
3: found some really old. Um I guess it was maybe 1950s illustration.
2: Oh, And I found
3: one thing, and that's also another way I learned how to color. I'd go, well, who are my favorite colorists? I'm going to just use this color palette for, you know, they did a great job on this cover. Yeah. I want to emulate that, and I just, you know, that's the beautiful thing about digital. You can just be a color picker and eye drop, and all of a sudden, a lot of decisions (laughs) are made for you. Yeah. So with this, I, I selected... Um, maybe 15 colors and that's wow. all that's used in slots. period. Oh, that's amazing. And, wow. So it kind of really made it cool. go quicker, which yeah. is nice, but it also gave it a distinct look. And Sometimes it's like, old, like when,
0: with, yeah. the, with the comic, it matches, yeah. matches yeah. the story. Yeah. Was that that? Do you find now that like obviously you've you've done like a full book where you're, you know, drawing, inking, and coloring and obviously writing your own stuff. Do you find now that you kind of Tend to be a little bit harsher on other people when they ink or Colour. color your work.
3: Well, speaking of Jordy Belair, she just—I just did a uh, issue of Batgirl. Oh, and she that's colored right.
0: it. Yeah. Um, and what, so. what did you think of that? Where, where did you find the? She's great. I mean, yeah, it's I'll hard see. to critique her. So. Of, yeah, course.
3: Yeah. of course, of course. Were there? I there... will well, Bill. Uh, Bill Ray, who I mentioned,
0: critique her. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure he'd find a way. That's funny. Um, so, it, with with slots, I mean, were you? At, at what point did you have, like, the full sort of, like, arc um, and and shape of it figured out?
3: Well, I always had the, the, uh, the story yeah, figured out. Yeah, of course, out, the idea. Hopefully, yeah.
0: You know. yeah. Um, In but, terms of, like, issue, you know, like, how long it was well, going to be and all that stuff.
3: That that was a lot of Sean and mm. uh, Ariel at Skybound. Yeah. They're great, great editors, and they were really yeah. helpful as far as, like, you know, they'd point out, like, well, let's, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to, you know, explain this aspect. Because yeah. for me, all these characters... You know, I, I understood them and, and know them, but to, mm-hmm. you really gotta drive home those points all the time and yeah. remind
0: readers. And it was it was a great learning experience I was kinda lucky to have Sean and, and Ariel helping out. And when you're when you're illustrating, um, are you do you work fully like traditionally in terms of, you know, like just pencil oh. and paper, or pen and all that stuff?
3: I, I sketch it out like on the size of your okay. notebook there, okay. which is kinda small. Yeah. And I'll scan it in uh-huh. and I'll I'll finish up the pencils which are still pretty loose. Yeah. And with my drawing I, I I don't maybe I don't maybe I lack the confidence but <laughs> I still go back and try to when I draw I yeah. draw very loose and I pretend that I'm someone's terrible and I have to fix them. Gotcha treat and yourself it, as a different yeah, person Yeah and so I, I that's I come in and I do most of the drawing with the ink Oh interesting you know, punch
1: that's up awesome. artist
0: for yourself Exactly so you are know, you this you... terrible stuff <laughs> 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 you know. So so basically, you're you're doing a loose drawing, scanning it in, sharpening yeah. out the pencils, and, and then stuff. I print out the print pencils, out. and oh. then I um, ink it traditionally. Interesting. And are
3: you and using then, like, brush pens? Yeah, yeah. I'm using stuff? using brush regular br- brushes like a Raphael. Okay. And for the detailed work, there's a um, Kuretake. Uh-huh. It's a PK210. Look at you. Everybody knows what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's you can get a razor uh, sharp line with it. Uh-huh. But you can also get you can
0: press it down and it gets very bold. So it's like a really very reliable
3: yeah. hunt one oh two. That's awesome. Crow quill.
0: And do you use because I have noticed I feel like in a you know, and I'm, I'm like trying to remember now, do you use like a Zip-a-tones and, and different things like that? I used that to. Well? Yeah, yeah. I mean
3: I, I use it now it's all digital, but gotcha. I, when I started at a Marvel Comics there was just drawers and drawers of it. Yeah. And so you could just go in. And um, John Romito's wife was in charge of the bullpen. She was like the (laughs) den mother of everybody. And she'd go, you're only using that for for Marvel work. You're not going to use that on the DC stuff. And you're like, oh, of course not. You know, never. (laughs) Of course, yeah. (laughs) It's only (laughs) Marvel. And you just get, like, free brushes. I still have brushes from Marvel from the 90s. That's amazing. Like these Winsor Newton Series 7 Sable brushes that... They're seems, like 200 dollars these brushes holy it's seems insane. like
1: a go to for a lot of artists yeah that, that was the, the that years. was
3: the brush that Raphael uh is a really good brush now yeah. the 90 420 or mm. something like that. Mm. Probably <laughs> yeah, All these numbers, I probably got it wrong. But
1: it's all good. People, yeah. people,
0: they have Google. They they'll can know. figure it they'll all out. That is, of they'll know. they know what's wrong. It's they really satisfying. It. Thank you for sharing that stuff. Though, <laughs> it's, it's hard to be like, I have no idea what he's using. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Do you. Do you find a lot of like... Because um, I know some artists, they'll like, kind of keep their old brushes, you know, after they're kind of like really worn down and stuff. Just That's what they Joe Rubens seemed
3: dude. He, he used effect. to... Did, yeah, he would go, this is my special effects brush. It's amazing. I've been using... I use the same brush for about three years now. Wow. It hasn't gone bad. It's insane. That's crazy. And I used to go through them all the time. And I used to be very <laughs> diligent about cleaning them. Yeah. And now I'm just like, eh, hey, it looks clean. <laughs> you
0: know, it's, it's somehow remained okay. Yeah, I, I remember. I was reading about like Will Eisner. He would use, um, you know, those like washes that he would do in some of his later uh-huh. work. That he would use the dirty uh, brush water. From, that's what I from his thing, yeah, and just yeah. grab it and like brush it. That's really interesting. Yeah, so in
3: slots, so all cool. that stuff is like gray tones and.
0: Oh, so that's that's where you're getting your tones yeah. is from your wash, rather than yeah. No, colors. but then I put zip on top of that as interesting. well. in, that's in places. So cool. That's really yeah. cool. Um, because
3: I, I really love those those black and white magazines like Savage Sword yeah. and creepy yeah. and eerie and you know Bernie Ryson would do that stuff beautifully. Of course, such good contrast when you- Tom Palmer was doing yeah. that and it looked am- it looked amazing. That's awesome. for Marvel.
0: Who, so I, a thing that I think is interesting and, and people might not know about, uh, one thing more recently in your career was that you illustrated all of the, or, or a lot of the fake X-Men comics. And oh, Logan. yeah. That <laughs> was, <laughs> that was all, I was so happy about <laughs> that's that. really cool. Those yeah. pages look amazing. Is that for like, Logan? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, the, that's right. Yeah. Those fake comic books yeah. All those
3: comic book covers are, because of the problems with, yeah. uh, well, not problems, but... The Fox, legal differences. Yeah, the legal differences. Marvel wouldn't allow them to use any actual x-men comics wow so we i i put all those things together then joe casada landed up um doing like breakdowns or uh pencils for they thumb through a comic book there's some there i i wrote and drew another um x-men story so like if you're thumbing through yeah it looks like a real story in there yeah i made up all fake ads it's so Um, cool and but yeah all the covers were i signed them all like versions of the old X Men guys and drew them in kind of an '80s
0: style. And oh my god! It was fun. Those things. I was pouring over that artwork because when I, when I first saw the movie, like the comics came up and I was like, "What are those? Wait, those aren't those aren't real, are they?" You people, know, like, people on forums were like, "Oh, I have that issue," and it's like <laughs> nobody has that issue. It was never made. It was like, the colors were too good for for uh, back in the day. You know, like they actually had to like a mm. more of a theme, like an actual color palette than in the mm. day, because you know. Like the classic X Men comics, it's just Skittles colors in there. Yeah, well pretty be. much.
3: Um, I legitimately thought they were real. Like, <laughs> that's I, good. They, I, Marvel Legal thought it was le- real too, and they they, they called re- up they called up a production <laughs> company. Go, you didn't get permission to <laughs> y- use our b- books, and they're like, no, no, no.
0: Like it says X Men comics. I
3: even had to redo the logo, wow. so it wasn't a, a, an official X Men logo. That's
0: right. Oh, that's okay. right. It is kind was of different. I I'm like, how did you manage to get away with yeah. that? Yeah. That's, oh, okay. that's really really cool. Is how much how many pages like did you do for that? I did.
3: I pencil inked and colored about twelve covers, mm-hmm. and then I did um, maybe four or five pages of um, interiors. Oh yeah, that I wrote and drew, and then Joe Casada and I did four things where he did pencils, and then I he penciled it. He's such a good penciler, yeah. he, he can't help himself. So he penciled it like how he normally pencils, <laughs> which is like super detailed. Yeah. And then I had to I, I had to dumb it down to give it more of a like you know. 80s sort of
0: thing, and then I colored it and lettered that yeah, one. So. You're doing too good a job. Slow down. He did. Man. He did way too good a job. <laughs> He's awesome. So you, you've worn so many different hats, I think, through your career and worked in so many different industries and stuff. I mean, like if you're if you're just like at a random party with people or whatever, how do you, like what do you say when someone asks what do you do? Now do you, you can tell them proudly, comics. Before
3: <laughs> I, you know, I tell someone I draw comic books, and they go, oh, that's cute well what are you gonna eventually do and like, <laughs> yeah no, what are you I, hoping that's do? what i do yeah you know? <laughs> oh, wow. but amazing. now people are you know with all these movies people
0: get so excited yeah to hear about it it's kind of cool and that's you great. you i mean like you illustrated you know for video game stuff you've done storyboards and stuff like that are there sort of lessons that you've taken away from those other forms of illustration and, and work well, into your comic
3: those gave me like doing storyboards um when i got out of um, like when I was drawing profit versus when I came back into comics, yeah. it gave me the confidence to um, kind of create my own style instead of yeah. emulate maybe that that House X Men look or of House course. Image look exactly. And because of how fast you have to go,
0: yeah. you know your your style when you came back like so distinct. And I think in slots, it's it's some of the most beautiful work that I've seen. But like it's it is such a distinct style, and and I think. You know, nowadays, it, like if you look at a Dan Panosian page, That's you cool. instantly know it's like a Dan, it's, That's it's nice your page. To hear. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's really it's really cool. I, uh, every once in a while kind of have like when I'm writing or when I'm drawing, I kind of have just like a little inspiration sort of board above my, uh, above my, uh, desk. And definitely like slots has been really? on there multiple times. There absolutely, absolutely, man. Like, it's nice to hear. Because there's a mood and, and kind of a feel that you emulate. And like you, you, you have this great way of portraying like emotion, but not in like this. It's like it's not photorealistic at all, but it really like kind of it plays that way.
3: I re- that's for me that's the most important aspect of storytelling yeah. is to make those words that are coming out of their mouth, you know, connect with the face and the emotion and yeah. that feeling because that's you know if you you know plots and everything they're all almost the same. You know, totally the, the hero has to go through these struggles mm-hmm. and this is again. But even, what you really want to it. see is can you relate to this person? Yeah. You know, can you experience what they're experiencing? How and, does it affect them? You know? Yeah.
0: That's, uh, that is always the interesting thing. I think like a lot of people and especially younger creators, they stress so much about plot, you know, they're always like, I got to yeah. have like this plot and stuff. It's like, no, it's, yeah, and
3: it's also stressing about the drawing itself. And yeah. instead you should really be focusing on, does this image really mm-hmm. tell this particular panel's story? Oh, totally. You know? <laughs> so you'll look at some guys that you think are putting in a lot, a lot of work and a lot of detail and mm-hmm. they're, and then ask, like, why what makes Will Eisner's work so cool? Absolutely. Or, um, it, do you know Enrico Marini's work? Marini, he does. Do he's do? doing that new book for DC, um, the Batman stuff. Oh, oh, oh.
0: Yeah, yeah. He did yeah. the, um, he's the European artist. Yeah, um, so he, he's, yeah. like,
3: one of the top European artists. Oh, amazing. Uh, he's a whole bunch of stuff. He's probably most famous for Scorpions. Yeah. And, but it looks like it's super detailed, but he yeah. start inspecting it. It's like a uh, hybrid of, like, almost Disney in a way. It's yeah. like an adult Disney movie.
0: Yeah, he kind of tricks, yeah, tricks your mind in thinking thing. He's
3: brilliant. He's a brilliant so artist, cool. and he he does all the lettering, coloring, yeah. drawing for his, his work as well. He started out around the same know. time I uh, oh, I did, that's... and I'm always very jealous of,
0: <laughs> like, how talented he is. He's so good. Do you get competitive with guys that you've kind of been in the industry with for a while? I uh,
3: I mean, I, I I'm always want to get better. Yeah. I, I don't... I don't know. Not really. (laughs) really. I mean, I want to strive to, you know, be as good as, you know, some of my art heroes. Of course. But.
0: Who was your, like, biggest, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you talked about, like, Jim Lee, Wills Portacio, and some of those people. Like, do you have, like, sort of these big influences that will still influence you Yeah, I think
3: John Buscema is Mm. probably, and I really like, um, like, Mort Drucker. Yeah. From from, uh, Mad Magazine. Absolutely.
0: Really good. That, that kind
3: of comes faces. comes through there. Wally Wood, and, yeah, well, and of course Frank Frazetta, yeah. Because Frank Frazetta kind of had a whimsical, you know, it's realistic looking, but yeah. it's also
0: atmosphere kinda, fantastical. Yeah,
3: and and the characters like you were talking about, they're they're when they're moving, they're really yeah. moving, and the, the, the you know you can see a lot of raw emotion in yeah. the faces. He was kind of a interesting kind of wild man <laughs> this stuff's incredible yeah.
1: uh, i'm curious uh for for slots and your for your process what i mean you're doing so much on the book how, how, what's what's your process like for how much time you're putting into each thing
3: i, I do a page a day yeah. so
0: is that fully colored
3: no oh, okay. I, I usually do like all, monday through thursday i'll draw one page a day and then the last day i'll color everything that i
0: that i did awesome that's amazing yeah. When did how like was it was it uh, tough getting up to that schedule or was that just kind of a thing that you've been consistently
3: well on? There were vi- Skybound was really good about the book as mm-hmm. far as how long it took because I was uh, while I did that I did that Logan movie it took a long time to do that and I would I always as a freelancer you're always taking on any jobs that come I was doing covers yeah. and I was doing commercial artwork so. But when I was actually doing slots, it's a page a day every yeah. day. And then towards the end, Sean was like, "Okay, we need to speed this up a little <laughs> bit." And then I got you know, then you get on a regular schedule. And now I'm just just doing comic books exclusively. Yeah. It's it's much. I love it. It's yeah, so much that's fun. Awesome. That's yeah. amazing. It's good to hear.
0: How does how does your approach differ when you're um, approaching a cover yeah. versus a comics page? Do you kind of go at it with a different mentality, or is it sort of the same?
3: I like I like it when uh, like an editor gives you a lot of leeway, yeah. so you can be. Yeah. Um, the more creative and more abstract. Yeah. I don't like it when it's a very literal cover. Yeah, just someone like, like two on two a people city fighting. fighting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I don't know. I try to treat it like a like a like a book cover or a movie yeah. poster. It's
0: it's been you know? interesting seeing all your Bat Batwoman uh, covers lately and, and I know you've done a, a bunch of others, but like I've looking at those they always are like very striking and, and a little bit more
3: Yeah I always try if abstract, I can get away yeah. with it to do that sort of thing. Yeah. I did some really fun covers for another Skybound book called mm. Ghosted yeah, and those were, they they just let me do whatever, and they were so much fun. They're some of my favorite <laughs> covers. You know, That's
0: awesome. You Are know. you so obviously with slots being done now? It seems like you must be probably working on something.
3: Yeah, I'm doing a a project I'm not allowed to talk about. <laughs>
0: That's a really fun for an
3: Damn. interview for, for uh, Marvel, but it's <laughs> Marvel. it's a real quick thing. Okay. and then uh, we're talking to Skybound about. Another um, project, interesting. Um, to work with them, we'd love yeah. to see another creator and work.
1: For yeah, them. I'd love to. We're I'd ready. love to. <laughs> <laughs> We're already ready. Hopefully, they are too. would <laughs> be nice.
0: Um, mm. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious. You know, obviously, you've you've talked a lot about you know different people that you sort of learned from and, and worked with, you know, in, in your early career and even up to today. What do you think was the most like influential advice you ever received on working, or if there isn't? I
3: worked very briefly for Neil Adams. Oh, interesting. And he would, I would go into the office every morning and I'd be uh-huh. the first one there with Neil. So he would just, he would take all my pages that uh-huh. I inked and everything landed up looking like Neil. <laughs> of course. And all the people were kind of asked to kind of draw in that style. Yeah. And, and I would turn the work in, he'd redraw everything I did, uh-huh. re ink everything and then explain to me everything I did wrong every morning <laughs> <laughs> oh it was great I mean was, he's, a, he's a legendary yeah. Yeah. top top guy and he Riddle. would say he would say well why did you ink this like this and I'm like because it looks cool yeah, I, was, yeah. You know, I didn't know he goes no when you're inking a rock think, you know, think about how hard that surface is and how craggy and he goes if you're even thinking about the surface of whatever you're doing yeah. it's going to come through and he would show he would go like you know if you're if you're inking water it's not just these you know like mm-hmm. you'd see like a crayon drawing by a child it's those little yeah. wavy lines he goes that's a that represents water to us but that's yeah. not water no, of course. he goes you want to be as fluid and li-, you know and all this stuff still I think about to this day mm-hmm. all these little lessons he gave me that I you know I was like well that's yeah. not how t-. in my mind I'm thinking Hey, old man, that's not how <laughs> Terry Austin would do it. You know, and then little by little, you know. Yeah. I, Becoming I sink, the object sink a Yeah. I, awesome. It was kind of popular to have, like, if you had a character standing with a black background, to have, like, a white silo- like line yeah. around them. He's like, he goes, look over at that wall. There's, like, there's no white outline around anything in life. He goes, you could do, ri- like, rim lighting inside the yeah. figure. And I started thinking, and, you know, it just little light bulbs go off I, didn't, I never went to art school so i didn't have those those fundamentals um yeah. you know absolutely i'm the same it's, way it's, it's just it's a uh, it's you know art school if i had to do it over again i would have gone to art school yeah for absolutely. sure i don't know man was, i see your work i think you're fine <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, i appreciate it. it took a long time
0: yeah some of the idiosyncrasies i think yeah. that makes someone's work but unique. those fundamentals it's like you
3: know building on a solid foundation makes a, a big difference yeah. and
0: did you but, have any like books or anything like that that you sort my, of
3: learned from? A lot? My dad was a um, a commercial artist. Mm. So he but he really loved comic books and that's yeah. kind of how I got into comics. So he but he didn't want like any good artist he does not want their son or daughter yeah. being an artist. That makes it, sense. it could be tough at times. So he <laughs> he gave me one art lesson. It was just basically a stick figure with some shapes on top of it like triangles and rectangles to Summon out.
0: Hell yeah! Yeah, I so think
3: cool. he was secretly kind of happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it, son.
0: Yeah, and then yeah. off camera, yeah. yeah, live,
3: live for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. That's uh, great. What what kind of artists do you think, uh, or what what kind of advice rather do you think that young artists need the most, or at least young comic book artists? I, I think you,
3: you got to have a critical eye, and mm-hmm. I think uh, you have to have like an art hero, mm-hmm. and say, like, obviously you don't want to be a you know a replicant a carbon copy of that person but say how would they approach this or or and and why like Mm. if they were given the same assignment like what would that panel look like yeah and you can almost see it in your head and i think you should always um you should be your own worst critic in a sense and that that really helps having that critical eye absolutely and being able to take criticism and i was lucky enough with with some people that i worked with like Neil Good and uh, briefly, and, and then, uh, well, B- Bill Ray yeah. still to this day Hell will yeah. let me know. Dave Johnson is a big help.
0: Yeah,
3: um, he always you know I'll, point I'll, out your yeah, we'll Facebook messenger uh, the drawings back and forth to each other and yeah. he'll tell me what's wrong with it happily <laughs> so
0: the advice I yeah. guess is then have you ever got a
3: critique from him I at drink no. and draw he I just haven't. moved back to Los Angeles oh really that's yeah. awesome I if you really want to go. feel bad about yourself
0: oh hell yeah he's great at it I
1: love I love he's a man so. sounds <laughs> like a guy that it's it's so necessary though to get honest feedback from someone you're just like can you please just can you just tear yeah. this apart and tell me how to like what
3: you yeah, think sometimes like a light bulb goes off and then it all makes sense. Totally, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's really
0: um, as we're as we're wrapping up here. First off, obviously, we want to make sure that everybody can find your work, find the stuff oh. that you're doing. Uh, I believe you're at Urban Barbarian. Yeah, this,
3: everything is it? Urban Barbarian. Right on. Yeah.
0: The the original brand whiskey. Look for like the yeah. Jack Daniels <laughs> yeah. looking label. Yeah. You'll find him.
3: The little brass knuckles in there. <laughs> it's really
0: cool. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool logo. A, Did you design that?
3: Yeah. That's it's awesome. a, well, I mean, it's based guess, it's based a little bit on that whiskey label. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah, but yeah. I got I've modified it over the years. Yeah. Um, but, this yeah, that was cool. a nickname from an ex-girlfriend. It wasn't a compliment. It was, <laughs> like, an insult. You made <laughs> it your own. Sense. It sounds kind of cool.
0: <laughs> All right, and we'd like to thank Dan Pinojian for joining the show today. It was a wonderful chat. I, I love talking with someone like Dan who's really like been through it all in comics. Uh, I can't believe he showed
1: it. us all his like art supplies that he oh, busted God. out. I don't yeah. know if it was on air, but yeah, he we yeah. got to dig through his bag and see all the things that he was working on.
0: Yeah, that was it was really cool. I I, I love Dan. I'd love to talk to him more. Um, but yeah, it was a great time. Thank you so much, uh, and also thanks to Sean Rosner for all the music in our show. Yep. If you want to check out his Instagram, it's rosner.art.music Art or check out his album "Burn Away, Defy the Night." I want to remind you to uh, leave your ratings and reviews on iTunes because we greatly appreciate them, and we will read them out at the end of every single episode, as long as you leave them. And for our patrons that are
1: patronizing us. Yes, Melody Mew, thank you for being so patronizing. Thank you, thank you, Melody. You are awesome. You're amazing. Kent, where can they find you on social media? Social media, you can find me at Kent Heidelman
0: on all the social medias. Instagram is the best one for me. Jason, where can they find you? Oh, they can find me on a, on Instagram at a white kid or on Twitter at that might be cool. You can also check out thatmightbecool.com for more amazing podcasts. Who loves comics today, Jason? Uh, I mean, they both said why they loved comics in this interview. So it's like, I, I guess, let, let's just, let's say Dan Panosian. Let's hear from Dan Panosian why he loves comics. They probably already heard uh, Sean Makowitz. Just because less editing, less editing. So let's hear from Dan Pinosian. Why do you love comics?
3: Uh, I think the same reason most people do. It's a it's a great escape, you know. And you can do it on your own yeah. time. Like you can, you're watching a movie, and that movie, you know, I guess unless you freeze frame it, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know. But you turn the pages and take in every panel how is on your terms and enjoy it however you want to. I think it's a it's, it's like reading a, a book.
0: Be cool.com. You never know.